0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. It's Livin' the Bream with host of Fox News at Night, Shannon Bream. All right, this week on Living the Bream, we are just catching our breath as the Supreme Court term has ended, and what a year. It has been historic in many, many ways. Uh, A lot of people surprised, some happy, some sad. So uh, let's talk with the one biggest expert I know, the man who's been covering the court off and on for 30 years, probably 20 years steady. That's decades, people, and he knows way more about the court than I will ever forget. Um, or he will forget more about the court than I've ever known, something like that. Anyway, Bill Mears, our Supreme Court producer, and that's just one of the many things he does at uh, Fox News. Bill, good to have you back. Thank you. Okay, so let's start here. I mean, we finished with a bang with these two cases involving the president's uh, financial records. Uh, one was a grand jury in New York that is, uh, you know, prosecutor there trying to get his hands on them. We also have these three House committees who say they want to get their hands on them. Um, you know, you and I were reading the opinion as it exploded onto the scene, and, and the immediate impression that we got is like, this thing's not over. People who think that they're going to get access to these records before Election Day, not going to happen. I mean, what the heck happens now? What do you think happens long term?
1: Well, it, uh, in the case dealing with the the New York grand jury case, the Supreme Court unanimously concluded that the president doesn't have overarching authority to to uh to claim executive privilege that he doesn't have to cooperate with them. Um, so that was a slap against the president's authority. But the court made very clear that the president still has a lot of legal maneuvering left that he, to, to make other arguments if he wants to and try to resist these uh, state subpoenas. And as far as the congressional subpoenas, it uh, may be in a temporary setback for uh, the Democrats in the House. Uh, but their work is not over. And it doesn't mean that the investigations of the president are going to end. Do you
0: think the election will make any difference? I mean, these are legal cases that are ongoing that have important principles and important you know, precedents potentially to be set as these cases are actually um, fully litigated with respect to President Trump. But if he's not the president, do you think the House committees continue to go after him and or the prosecutor in New York?
1: Perhaps not in the actual investigations or, or proceeding with with the legal case, but politically, obviously, both sides are going to claim victory over this and 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 argue why their, their side needs to continue to hold power. Uh, the president, you know, four years ago, made the Supreme Court and the courts in general a very big campaign issue. And he's going to continue to do this to argue why he needs to put more judges on and why... Uh, he needs more opportunities to, to put new justices on the Supreme court. That's uh, many of his base see this as a political win for him uh, to be able to make these kinds of political arguments as the campaign unfolds.
0: Yeah. And as you and I are speaking and recording this, uh, Justice Ginsburg has been in the hospital again. She is out. We're told she is home and doing well. It sounds like this may have been related to a procedure she had done earlier um, in the last few months. Um, the court is very forthcoming with her, it seems, and, and I'm told the justices, and you probably are too, that this is, it's up to them as they relieve medical information, and she seems to do so very quickly. Um not the case that we found out a few weeks after the fact, uh, that the chief justice had suffered a fall, had some stitches in his head, was kept overnight. Um, But I guess it just illustrates they all have their own way of releasing information when they want to. And I'm not not sure the chief would have, but apparently there was a tipster uh, who let some of the Washington Post know. um, And then he did issue a statement Or the court did on his behalf. Uh, But I can't imagine at this moment, especially in 2020, that there is a group of nine people whose health is more closely watched than these justices.
1: Oh, sure. And it's uh, whether they like it or not, it becomes a big campaign political issue about the Supreme Court, their health. You know, justice Ginsburg is the oldest justice at 87. She's been hospitalized three times this term. Mm-hmm. Um, people closely watching every time she coughs or looks, uh, uh, doesn't look well. But it, it's inevitable that people are going to focus on on the health of the justices. Uh, the makeup of the Supreme Court is always going to be a hot topic, uh, not only in, in Washington, but among voters themselves. They, they really start to focus on it in election year about what the future of the federal courts and the Supreme Court would be.
0: Yeah, and you and I always get asked um, questions, and one of the things we watch for in the last day of the term, although it can happen at any time, is whether somebody would announce a retirement. And there have been a lot of rumors about Justice Thomas, Justice Alito, that they're not happy, they're ready to go. But I cannot imagine in an election year, short of some emergency beyond their control, that anyone is going to announce in retirement before the fall.
1: Particularly in an ele- a presidential election year, the last time it was proposed, uh, a- a- A member of the court announced their planned retirement was in 1968, and it never happened among Chief Justice Warren. And the last time there was an actual vacancy on the court in an election year was 1956, uh, when William Brennan joined the court. Uh, The justices are pretty smart. They don't want to put their replacement through this kind of political ringer during an election year. Uh, The sudden death of Antonin Scalia four years ago created a a great deal of uh, uncertainty and and havoc on the Supreme Court as they were forced to deal with uh, not only one member short on that bench, but also the questions about uh, replacing somebody during an election year creates uh, a lot of drama that most justices uh, don't want to put themselves through or put their successors Mm -hmm. through.
0: For sure. And when, just to remind folks that when you have an even number of justices, whether because you've got one missing from retirement or death, or they have to recuse from a case, if you end with a tie uh, in their vote, it leaves the lower court decision in place. And I found that um, during that time when they had an absence with Justice Scalia's death, um, it seemed like so many things were left unresolved or cases we thought maybe they would take or controversies they would weigh into. They didn't because you always run that risk of ending in a tie vote, which wastes everybody's time and doesn't change anything about the underlying case.
1: Yes, and it, again, it's uh, it, they don't create any precedent when they when they rule in a tie. Um, so the Supreme Court uh, trying to do its job with one member short and a you know, potentially divided bench, and essentially you have four very conservative justices and four pretty liberal justices. Uh, with the Chief Justice John Roberts, uh, mostly conservative, but in some cases will swing left. And um, having that tight a margin um, has been a reality on this court for years. And uh, the idea that there would be a change on the court in in coming years, obviously, is, is something that the court watchers are really keeping an eye on about whether Uh, a vacancy or a retirement from someone like Justice Ginsburg or a Justice Thomas, what that would do Mm -hmm. uh, to the future makeup of the court.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned the chief, let's talk about him because he's gotten a lot of attention. Um, A number of conservatives unhappy with him um, or at least the way that he has ruled in a number of these cases that came in towards the end of the term. Um, You think about uh, the abortion case out of Louisiana and some, some of the others Um, listen. I mean, any justice, is supposed to be independent. That's what anybody um, should want for their justice, um, regardless if it's appointed by a Democrat or a Republican. But talk a little bit about um, those who feel like he really has kind of morphed into the Anthony Kennedy, that swing vote, which we know Justice Kennedy never liked to be called that. Um, but that really seems to be the position that the chief is currently occupying.
1: It is. If, uh, if you had to put a, a, a moniker on what this term was about, it was really uh, the chief justice's term. Um, in so many ways, he, uh, he was the, uh, the clear voice of the Supreme Court. Remember, uh, in the nearly 60 cases that the court heard this year, he was a dissenting voice in only two of the nearly 60 cases, mm-hmm. and he wrote just one dissenting opinion. That shows you uh, just um, h- how much of a power he is on that course and how pragmatic he is. Um, you know, the chief justice, uh, he's known as first among equals, but uh, he essentially has one vote just like the other colleagues, on the bench. But by being in the center on some of these key cases, he can help uh, shape the court. And I know there's been a lot of talk about uh, whether the, the chief is uh, slipping inexorably to the left, whether he's becoming um, a, a very liberal justice, and I don't think so. I, I would say that the caseload that's coming before the court, particularly filed by the, uh, the Trump administration in many red-leaning states, it's becoming more conservative. Uh, The court is being uh, confronted with a lot of issues dealing with immigration, executive authority, the -hmm. environment, Um, all these cases um, where the administration wants to defend its policies are inexorably coming to the Supreme Court. And I think the Chief Justice has decided for pragmatic reasons to kind of take a a go slow approach and not try uh, try to move these cases faster than I think the administration and uh, and the supporters of the president would like.
0: Live in the Bream continues in a moment.
1: This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding, it's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.
0: Let's talk about one of the cases that has gotten a lot of attention and is now sparking an additional move by the administration, and that's DACA. So this is the program that went into effect basically under executive action under the Obama uh, administration, allowing people who were brought here illegally as children um, who have now grown up and gotten educations and jobs and all kinds of things here uh, to be able to stay or not face deportation, to be able to have some ability to work here in the US. Um, The court essentially said, the Trump administration's uh, attempt to unroll it was not done properly, but that it can be done. And now we hear that the administration is going to take another stab at repealing DACA. I mean, all of this is coming against the backdrop of the election. Um, I got to imagine, Bill, I'd love to know your gut and your take is once the president uh, or wherever this emanates from, the Homeland Security or whichever agency promulgates this attempt at repealing DACA, Immediately going back to uh, back to court and probably in the Ninth Circuit.
1: Exactly, and in many ways, this was a uh, he was the swing vote, the deciding vote on this issue, and siding um, with his more liberal colleagues. But in many ways, it was a vintage Roberts opinion. Uh, he didn't. The court didn't have to rule on whether the the DACA program was constitutionally good policy or not a good policy. Um, they took a less is best approach, uh, simply deciding that the administration's uh, Justification for it on administrative uh, reasoning wasn't as uh, wasn't as proper as they should be. So they basically gave the administration another chance to go back and try to argue that this was a good policy that needed to go needed to go away. So in many ways, uh, Roberts gave both sides uh, a mini victory uh, and essentially put the issue off for another day. Uh, the court didn't have to confront a controversial issue like DACA and immigration in an election year, and Roberts found a way to get out of it, uh, simply putting off the issue for another time. And the uh, administration is taking advantage of that. They're already coming up, as you said, with proposals for uh, replacing DACA or finding a, a, what the president calls a better program than the, than the one that was created under the Obama administration. So this is, uh, in many ways, a, a vintage Roberts compromise to um, let the other two political branches try to resolve this issue without the courts unduly getting involved, at least right now.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the Little Sisters of the Poor, this case that has gone on for years and years and years. It's been to the Supreme Court before. Uh, essentially, the Trump administration tried to do a carve-out exemption for this order of nuns and other similarly situated religious organizations that don't want to participate in any way with facilitating getting cost-free contraceptives to their employees because they have um, religious or moral objections to them. Um, this was a huge decision coming down the, the uh, stretch at the very end uh, of the term. Uh, and what do you make of what finally happened in this case?
1: Again, Roberts was the deciding vote, um, signing with his uh, fellow conservatives on the court to, um, uh, to allow the administration to expand ex- its exceptions for the uh, contraception coverage mandate. Um, what the court does here, I, I know a lot of people watching because the, the justices this fall are expected to take on an even larger dispute over the, uh, the Affordable Care Act known as Obamacare whether the entire law should be struck down over the key funding mechanism that has now been uh, uh, taken off the table. So uh, what the court did here in the name of religious liberty is also being looked at from a broader perspective about whether uh, the health care law that uh, that has been in place for uh, nearly a decade uh, will soon go away. So... uh, what the court did here. I think a lot of people reading the tea leaves about uh, what the the court's legal and uh, reasoning here and it, whether it can be applied uh, to the case that's coming up this fall.
0: We also got the faithless electors, uh, a unanimous opinion. We always like to point those out when they come because they're more common than people would think and they don't always make the headlines because they're the least controversial cases but I think you and I knew when we heard these two cases about uh, Washington State and Colorado, People that are selected to go to the electoral college by their states and decide, "Hmm, I don't want to vote the way the state popular vote went or the way the state's telling me I have to vote. I think that I should be able to go there uh, and, and vote as I think. It's a freedom of speech issue or some other you know, constitutional right or argument that they had. Um, but it's interesting to look that there were 10, I think, in 2016, faithless electors who attempted to do this. States can find them or remove them. Uh, up to this point, the argument was whether the states could do that. Um, but one analysis showed that flipping 10 of those votes would have changed five of our presidential elections, who the Electoral College actually selected. Um, and there was so much skepticism during this argument. I mean, from everyone across the ideological spectrum on the court, like, really? You're going to send these people there? Um, I, and Justice Thomas uh, had kind of a funny moment here suggesting that the votes could get really crazy if the electors were not. Reined in by the states, or if the states didn't have the power to do that,
1: right? And the court uh, again uh, avoided a potentially uh, major controversy here by uh, by allowing states to sanction these so called faithless electors. They essentially uh, put the issue, um, made it less of a, a a possible dramatic moment come November in a closely divided elections. Uh, the number of faithless electors in 2016 was almost as much as there had been in in the the previous 100 years. Uh, So uh, many people saw this as a dangerous trend, but but by kind of short-circuiting the ability of faithless electors to do this and giving the states the power to sanction these, these folks, I think the court avoided a potential November disaster um, which is already gearing up as the possible uh, with the pandemic and the the legal challenges over voting uh, by mail, and uh, I think that's uh, I think they found one less thing to, to worry about come November.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the court often thinks about uh, the issues of chaos and what will happen as a result of their decisions. It's something we heard them discuss during the big LGBTQ case as well, dealing with. Employment law and whether that, um, when it says, you know, it prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex, whether that also means not just biological male and female, but it, it means um, anything along the LGBTQ uh, spectrum. And so, I mean, that was a big case. And they were thinking about the ramifications. Um, that's one of the cases in which the conservatives were not happy with Justice Gorsuch. That's not the only case with him, but he's always had more of a libertarian streak that I think maybe could sort of either didn't fully understand when he was confirmed or chose to ignore, but um, some folks have been uh, surprised with some of his decisions as well.
1: Sure. he uh, Justice Gorsuch actually wrote that opinion that said firing somebody based on their sexual orientation or gender identity is illegal. And they were just part of these uh, kind of cockeyed majorities, this term that otherwise included some liberal justices siding with conservatives and vice versa. So there was no, not this, uh, what had become somewhat of a predictable 5-4 conservative liberal split on a lot of these big issues. Um, I know the president after that decision uh, tweeted out, uh, <laughs> wondering, do you get the impression that the Supreme court doesn't like me? Uh, so I, I think the president uh, overall should be happy with the two, uh, the, the two people that he put on the bench, uh, justice Gorsuch and justice Kavanaugh. Um, um, but that shows that there's no uh, straight line predictability, reliability when it comes to the, the votes of these justices. They, they vote as they see fit. And for the most part, uh, the, the, the reliably conservative justices will do just that, vote on the right and the, the reliably left-leaning cons- uh, justices will do just that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no real predictability with this court, and uh, as shown by the, the, uh, by the votes this term of, of Chief Justice Roberts.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so in a remaining moment, uh, we're looking ahead to the fall. They've already taken some cases. They, of course, will be voting on additional cases to add to the calendar. What are you watching foremost come fall? I know we've just we haven't recovered from this one yet, um, but October will be here before we know it.
1: Yeah, three big cases I'm watching. One is a, a case out of Philadelphia that uh, deals with a, a freeze on taxpayer-funded uh, foster program that Catholic Social Services. Um, is now banned from participating in. Um, they've claimed a religious liberty um, right to participate in this program. Um, another one, as we talked about, was uh, deals with the Affordable Care Act, the constitutionality of the, of, of the law itself and whether, uh, uh, whether that'll hold up in court. And uh, another one dealing with um, the Robert Mueller uh, grand jury, um, the House Judiciary Committee wants to get a hold of uh, some of this uh, grand jury material from Mueller's investigation um, as he gathers inf- uh, information from witnesses about President Trump. So we'll see whether uh, that executive power fight, how that will come up. And inevitably, we get closer to the election, there'll be some last minute appeals over some of the voting procedures that uh, many states will be implementing because of the pandemic and whether... Uh, mail-in ballots or uh, absentee ballots, uh, how those will be counted and, and how many exceptions the, the states will be allowed to have when it comes to that.
0: Yeah, and you and I have been buried as well in a flurry of, um, you know, businesses and churches and other groups suing uh, to try to get past their governors um, or their mayors or whoever it is that have been limiting them and their access to get together. during um, COVID. There are a slew of Also, emergency applications coming uh, regarding these federal executions now that um, those are back on track. After, I think it was 17 years they've been paused, but um, President Trump and the Attorney General uh, Barr are bringing those back. um, These are people who have been sitting there waiting for executions, but the feds haven't been doing it for a while. So, the court never rests. We know that, and neither do you. Bill Mears, he's our Supreme Court producer. No one knows more about the court, I don't think, on the planet, and we are very, very blessed to have him. As part of our Fox News team, and you should be very grateful that he is part of our family and making sure we don't miss a thing. Bill, thank you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: That's it for Living the Bream. We'll see you next week. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.